0: Why, hello there, priests. You have found the hardest book review podcast there is, where we digest life-changing books. We shit out greatness, and we change our lives one book at a time. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Trapaholics. This is Troy Hollings with the Curiously Disagreeable Podcast. Welcome back. Anyone can get lucky. You know, that that boil-faced ogre that you know can go up to a pretty girl and catch her in a moment of weakness and convince her to kiss him on the mouth. That redneck hill person can go into the woods, not even zero his rifle, and come back with a deer's body. And that Actual idiot from high school can start a successful restaurant and make money for a year. But if you see somebody doing it day after day, year after year, you know something is up. You know, every girl that boil faced ogre talks to ends up wanting to kiss him on the mouth. That redneck turns out to be such a good hunter that his entire Instagram feed is animals he's killed and he gets banned from instagram for sensitive content because instagram doesn't like the meat or warren buffett year after year stacking that fucking bread those are different stories those people have figured something out but the great tragedy of the world is that that type of knowledge usually fades away you know, maybe you even ask that person, and they verbally tell you their secrets, but it's confusing and doesn't make sense, and and doesn't really work for you. You know, you you ask that Boyle-faced guy. So man, I always see you kissing all these girls. Like, how do you do it, man? How do you do it? And he responds. He says, "Well, just ask them about themselves." And you're like, "No, like, wh- what do you mean?" He's like, "Just ask them anything about themselves." And you're like, "Anything?" And he's like, "Anything." You're like, "Okay." So you work up the courage, you find the hottest girl you can find, you ask her about herself. Just ask her about herself. And, and you come up, and you're sweaty, and you're nervous, and you and you go, what's your blood type? And she's like, what? what? Uh, can you can you list all your surgeries? Who, who are you? Any medical allergies I should know about? Fuck. Uh, one to ten, what's your pain scale? Are you sexually active? Oh, goddammit, no! Doesn't work for you. Or you ask that redneck hunting savant, and he just responds, You know, buddy, I just used dough urine. And you're like, seriously? He's like, yeah, man. And you're like, you you really, you mean like, like pee pee? And he's like, yes, idiot, urine, dough urine. So again, you work up the courage, but even after chugging cups and cups of deer urine, you don't even see a deer. Because most of the time, this great knowledge just gets lost. But sometimes, just sometimes, the universe, fucking aligns and knowledge from the greats is preserved the book of five rings the hagakure extreme ownership and this book because today we are lucky enough to have a book just like that knowledge on how to live how to be successful how to be jacked and how to stack that fucking bread from someone who's been in the game for 15 years you know, there's some people so successful, they don't even need a last name. Adolf, Jocko, Fergie. This author is one of those people. His name whispered in hushed tones in dark rooms. Gucci. In smoky lounges with killers around the table. Gucci. Gucci Maine And for this episode, we're covering the Gucci Mane Guide to Greatness. Now, I have a confession. You know, I know, I know most of you think all I listen to is metal, and I sure do love me some metal. But occasionally, I need something a little dirty or a little rough or a little bit more closely aligned with the great capitalist tradition of stacking that money. Hi, my name is Troy, and I love that trap shit, rap music. T Grizzly, Fat Trell, YG, Polo G, no relation. Lil Dirk, Young Dolph, Kevin Gates, Pastor Troy, Boozy Badass, Hops, and Tech Nine, Two Chains, Yo Gotti, and more. And last but not least, Gucci Mane. You know, I just I just really identify with it, man. You know, they like guns, I like guns. They like money, I like money, and I'm in sales too. You know, I know they sell drugs and I happen to sell technology consulting, but like once you see the way in one thing, you see the way in all things, man, it's the same. I get it. You know, that prospecting grind. But for me, you know, instead of standing on the corner for three days straight selling crack, you know, I am sending 1800 connection requests on LinkedIn until I actually Googled Carpal tunnel wrist braces—you know, some hardcore shit. It's the same. And today, our guide Gucci Mane is one of the OGs of this shit. Year after year, he's killing it. Also known as the Avatar of East Atlanta, Gucci Mane is a little bit of a dynamic character in this story. He got off to a rough start. Uh, he sold drugs uh, early on. He used his Christmas money in eighth grade. To acquire crack cocaine and um now i'd say if drugs were legal that would be qual- that would be called quite an entrepreneurial move but uh nonetheless he got into a feud with a local gang uh he had fucking grown men coming to his high school to try to mess with him um he was involved in a self-defense shooting and uh but but still got in trouble um he you know, but then throughout this whole time he continued to make music but he was a little bit of a maniac Uh, you know getting into feuds with lots of different rappers hurling insults on Twitter going to jail and ultimately worst of all getting fat but after getting out of prison this last time he realized something he realized he had a lot of the building blocks of success but was being held back by some bad behaviors bad attitudes and bad thoughts and he had plenty of time to think in prison. And he ended up realizing the error in his ways. So just like Dan Gable redoubled his efforts after his sister was murdered, in 2016, Gucci Mane got out of prison, put his head down, and started his rebirth. He discarded his old life like the useless placenta it was and was reborn again, evolving, born anew. He got lean. He lost 100 pounds. He got married. He got and. St- stayed rich and he tripled down on his music success yeah he has composed some smash hits like making love to the money i get the bag and my personal favorite shook them haters off on the world famous album chicken talk now if you guys liked the hagakure episode this shit is similar a wise and learned, successful samurai dictating life lessons on how to live, how to die, and how to become a kusemono. And just like the Hagakure was laid out in vignettes, this book is laid out in Gucciisms—little sayings, principles that Gucci used to turn his life around, get rich as hell, and ultimately, as we all want to. Become rich, jacked, and a god among men. Enter Gucci Maine To the book. I wanted to write this book to give you a tool set. I live by the principles in this book. I'm serious with it. It's not gonna be easy, but study these words and put them into action. Start now. My daddy taught me how to read people. I learned the streets by being in them. I robbed people, I sold drugs, then I became a fiend myself. I liked rap, but didn't like the way my voice sounded. I always imagined myself as the CEO. But then I realized I could be both, the CEO and the rapper. Brrr. Since then, he's done songs with hundreds of famous rappers. 2 Chains, Nicki Minaj, Migos, Drake, and more. And he says, when you see me today, I'm a much different man than I was when I got into the game. I'm about half the man I was. Literally, I've lost more than 100 pounds. I don't do any drugs. I don't drink. I work out all the time. I'm married now. I'm reading books, thinking differently. I'm in a whole different mindset now. I've gained a lot of wisdom through the years. This last time I was in prison, I made a choice. I would hold myself accountable and change my life so I could handle life straight up. I have established principles that guide me every day. I've benefited so much from these that I wanted to share them with the world. So here we are. You know, Tim Ferris, the great kind of annoying blogger, likes to look for outliers. You know, people who are successful who shouldn't be. You know, that that guy who had the worst arm genetics ever, and now he's so jacked. You know, I, I don't want to do an arm workout. From a guy who's you know naturally has giant arms because it's like it could just be genetics i want to do an arm workout from the guy who looked like christian bale and the machinist but is now jacked because i know that you know they were like they were like me or, or even worse than me and used their methods to get yoked out of their mind and that's what this book is you know i want to be taught by the guy who was down on the ropes fucked by life, but ultimately executed a sweep and is now fucking life. Make no mistake, he says. I still mess up all the time. Life isn't easy and we all have a long way to go if we truly want to be the best we can be. Life is brutal. It's highly competitive. Everyone has to grind to get there. But whether you grew up in the trap or only heard about it through my music it doesn't matter this book is a challenge it's the gucci main guide to greatness don't underestimate yourself don't think what you're saying is not important don't think you can't achieve the impossible i want this book to inspire people everybody needs some game and here it is and back out of the book here so that's the introduction we're gonna go into there's like part one part two part fucking five whatever but like again that the parts don't really matter but there's there's these little Gucciisms, these little vignettes much like a the hagakure so we're going to read the title we're going to read some quotes going to kind of muse on these concepts title 1 stop underestimating yourself he says since i was a child i've been falling down and getting back up i've been practicing resilience my whole life when you're down It's easy to start underestimating yourself. Stop! If they can do it, you can. I knew that if I dedicated myself to being a major player in rap, I would be. I knew that if I dedicated myself to losing weight and staying in shape, I would. But I had doubts along the way. I was nearly 300 pounds when I was locked up. I used to underestimate myself and overestimate my opponent. He gives the example. He says, let's say I'm building a production company. He's like... I'm, li- I'm like, Live Nation's got all these resources and I don't have any, so there isn't a reason for me, to, for me to try and build Gucci Nation. No, he says. Don't underestimate yourself. He knows a lot of artists. He can be hands-on. He's got a Rolodex. That's an advantage. Whatever you've got, you have enough. You can make the beat. Record that shit on your computer, he says. You can do it. Don't underestimate yourself into thinking you need somebody to do it. Try to do that shit yourself. You can write the screenplay. You can act in the movie. You can direct the movie. Now, there's there's kind of two ways that this resonates with me. Um, the first is is the needing a partner thing. I actually just pretty recently realized this, um, where like there's always this. This temptation of like, man, you know, I'd be really dedicated to go to the gym if I just had a workout partner. Or like uh, me, I was really wanting to get involved and go to these pistol competitions that I've since taken a slight hiatus on because ammo is so fucking expensive. But I wanted to be like, man, maybe I should get one of my friends to go. Or like, yeah, that'd be great. Like, we could do shooting competitions together. And, but I realized like, okay, bitch, if, you know, what are the chances you can actually find somebody? To who someone else who cares about what you care about you know if you wait until then you might never have somebody and never start it, start it so just start it you know man if only i had a co-founder i could start this company well a co-founder might be helpful and it might just appear on the path but start the company so you don't need anyone don't underestimate yourself do it is the first way it resonates with me and the second is that uh, he always used to underestimate himself and overestimate his opponents. I totally feel this. I uh, so I wrestled and I actually hadn't wrestled for that long, but I was kind of like coordinated and strong, and so I, I like did pretty well. But it was a steep learning curve, and you know I was I was going against guys that had wrestled since they were you know eighth, and I started when I was fourteen or something like that. Um but I remember there was this there was this high school we went against who the first time I wrestled this kid I crushed him in like 15 seconds no problem destruction destruction um but then you know, the, the the season went on and a couple months later it was time to wrestle the school again and I remember you know even though I knew it was a school I knew it was pretty much probably the same guy like almost 100% for sure because it's a weight class sport Um, I remember pacing around the wrestling room thinking, oh my God, what if it's a different guy? Like he kind of looked a little bit different. Like, what if he got way better? Oh, I'm not sure what, maybe I'm going to lose. Maybe I'm going to lose. And then, then I ran out and you know, I I beat him in 15 seconds again. (laughs) But if I could go back to wrestling right now, I would do better, even though I don't know anything more, but I could just say, Hey, don't underestimate yourself and don't overestimate your opponent." And uh, Gucci closes up this vignette by saying, are you gonna be somebody who's faking, not going hard, making excuses, or are you gonna be the person who's aware, who's practicing, who's pushing yourself to do right, no matter what it is. So stop underestimating yourself and just do it. Next title, it's imperative that I change the narrative. We We are the authors of our lives. We are the writers of our own stories. We have the power to say who we are and what we want to be. The story we tell ourselves sets the course of the life you live. Gucci says, I turned 40 this year. A lot of people are like, I'm 43, 44. But they're immature and they still think it's 2003. You've got to stay in front of it. Once you're popping, you've got to stay in front of it. He brings up Tiger Woods. Uh, I assume he's talking about Tiger Woods' like implosion in life and golf and having 11 girlfriends and so he comments and says "Uh, everything can be taken away it reminds me to humble myself every day i've been in the same downward spiral as tiger dealing with public humiliation of doing some shit, and it's like damn it's almost like you forgot to stand in front of your business you're not appreciating the opportunity you had and you're not thinking that you can lose it know that you've always got another chance. If you don't like the story you're living, change the narrative. Okay, my interpretation. So I think this is actually great advice. Um, positive self-talk, it's it's not like hippy-dippy bullshit. It's not even like you're deluding yourself. But you have to ask yourself, like, what is the story that you're telling yourself? Um, and so, like, for example, I bought this, this fucking shitty fixer-upper house, and we're fixing it up, and it's now like... Now it's like a kind of okay house. Um, but like I needed to be able to hold in my head at the same time that, wow, this looks like a fucking den of wild animals lived here. But also this is an investment. And in five years, this is going to look like gods live here. And, you know, it's, it's like in a in a high stress situation, the this, this situation is already really hard. You know, you already might fail if you do everything correctly. So like positive self-talk, you aren't, you aren't just pumping yourself up with fake bullshit. You know, if, if you have positive self-talk, you are, you know, you are eliminating any extra challenges added onto the situation just from your mind spiraling down. Into a negative thought pattern so like think of bow hunting it's it's incredible pressure i didn't realize it but it truly is you know like these thoughts are swirling in your mind like oh my god i'm gonna wound the animal i gotta i gotta do a good job it's like my ethical responsibility as a human being to take a good shot but i also don't want to track it for two miles and oh my god my wife she's gonna kill me and you have two options option one is you think Oh my God, this is so crazy. Oh no, my my hands are shaking. My heart is beating. Like maybe my bow isn't tuned correctly. Are you sure these are your broadheads? Like maybe you accidentally grabbed someone else's and then you miss. Or the other one is change the narrative and you just tell yourself, execute the process. And it's still really hard. You still might fuck up, but you don't fuck up because of just your mind. You've changed the narrative Make sure the story you are telling yourself is positive. Next, Gucciism. Time is valuable. Spend it wisely. Now, this is really interesting. Um, the last episode of the podcast, except for the cooking episode, but the last episode of the podcast was actually The Time Paradox by Philip Zimbardo. And he says the same thing. You know, time is more valuable than money. Uh, Gucci says, really, the only thing you have in the world is time that's all you got you know if i'm out there just drinking beer and i'm 27 and popular you know two years later from now am i going to be popular is my health going down if the answer is no and yes i know that i'm not doing well with my time and if you're on drugs you really won't be able to tell and gucci says though i didn't always spend my time wisely you know this is a lesson i discovered over the course of my life as i got older i learned to practice it more effectively that's why those self-talks are so important. If not, you could go months and months without doing anything. Uh, this is draw here, especially if you have millions of dollars, morally loose women and drugs. I understand Gucci, it's a temptation. He says, don't become stagnant. Don't take your time for granted. If you just keep working and growing, it's not even about the acclaim, it's about a numbers thing. That's where I am now. What did you do with your 2020? What did you do with your 2021? How are you going to use all that shit you did in 2005 to help you in 2020 and 2021 and 2031? And then he just goes like there's a whole page which I just describe as going in. Uh and he just says some crazy shit like nobody can fuck with him and and he's he's going to write 108 books. So uh read the book if you want to get that section. Uh but he says in the end time is all you got. And I don't think i have too much to add i mean a lot of this was covered in the time paradox time is everything and you know how you spend those little inconsequential moments adds up to how you spend your life so be careful next gucciism refocus and go harder life it's a lot to deal with there are distractions all around us every day it's easy to lose focus it's okay that happens just make sure you catch yourself refocus and go harder now this is where he says some controversial shit but i'm on board if you tell me you're gonna get in shape and six months from now you're still fat as hell don't keep telling me the same thing just go ahead and eat that trash and be dead oh my god gucci man he says at this point there's so much information at your fingertips dog uh he says whenever i lose focus i bring myself back to center and go harder it's like a path i don't exactly know why he includes this part but he says um all my books that i read i read them on the toilet all the tweets that come out that's coming from me on the toilet um shit so gucci man i i read a lot of books i actually have a podcast where i like babble on about my interpretations on books even as as you might be listening and know but um either you have a vastly different gastrointestinal tract than me or you don't actually read, read that many books dog because you guys step up for game man it's okay to read books when you aren't shitting too but he says shut up he says i all i'm always refocusing and going harder now my interpretation did that that's actually great advice um i feel like a lot of times we set up a plan and dude, I fall into this so bad where I have an, an all or none mindset. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to work out five days a week. But then if I do four, if I miss, like, let's say Monday through Friday and I miss Friday, then like, ooh, hmm, I'm like 40% less dedicated to the whole plan. And then I'll all like maybe go on Monday, then I'll miss Tuesday. And then it's like, okay, fuck it. Why am I even doing this? Um, and I think that this refocus and go harder thing, it's giving you permission not to be perfect, like being realistic. You know, because there's the there's the Jocko thought of unmitigated daily discipline in all things, which I think is something to, to, good to strive for. But you know, if if you let's say you know it's a Friday and you're feeling kind of sick and you just you just don't go, you pussy out, you just don't fucking go. Well. You can just decide i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be like gucci Mane. i'm gonna refocus and i'm gonna go harder and then you don't abandon your plane you just get back on the path you make a little adjustment maybe you realize that like friday actually doesn't work that well to work out in the morning you probably need to work out in the afternoon you change your schedule boom you're fucking good and um, a personal example for me so i don't know man i fill my life with all types of crazy shit because i don't know it just seems what else like I either do that or just fucking die so um you know I'm, I'm practicing my bow all the time i'm training for this ultra marathon i've got work uh this podcast i'm fixing up my house you know i got all these goals and as i was reading this i actually realized that i uh, i lost the path for a little bit um i i felt the temptation to fall off there was a couple days where it was like drizzling And in my mind, you know, if if it's fucking pouring and I'm, you know, I'm supposed to shoot bows that day to practice, um, it's okay to get rained out. But I, like, rounded up rained out, quote unquote, a lot. I was like, well, you know, that's kind of rained out. And then the next day I, like, went and just fucking went through the motions. And if I hadn't read this, I would have done the all or none thing and then, like, sucked for three weeks and then had to, like, come to Jesus and then, like, recommit. But... I just went and i was like oh okay cool i'm just gonna refocus and go harder next gucciism just keep improving he says you've got to consistently improve if you're trying to get the highest levels of health wealth creativity and personal fulfillment holy shit, that's a good goal uh he says there's always somebody behind you ready to take your place if you're not improving then you're going to be like, "Damn, I know that guy, but you're going to let somebody come and eat your lunch and shit in your lunchbox." And that's a fucking quote. That is what we're dealing with. Jesus Christ, this is war. He says, "You can either be getting better or getting worse." And he says, "Some, you know, some people may be like, I don't even like to think about that. I'm cool. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing." And he says, it gives them some kind of joy because they don't have to think about the hard truths of the world. The less you need, the more you have. Uh, he gives a story about how he bought this penthouse, this office, his gym. Then he's like, bitch, I could do this all at my house. And he sold it all and he's saving a bunch more money. A um, couple interpretations. So the the less you need, the more you have concept. I think that's an attitude I have a lot. and actually as i was preparing for this i remembered this weird obscure uh, not even like official tom clancy book but i don't know if you guys remember that splinter cell video game where you'd like crawl through the night and you wear night vision and you assassinate people it's fucking great um, especially for like when you're 12 it's a super great um but i read the book because again i've always been a nerd and i and i remember the main character he's a badass whatever but one of the weird parts that i remember Was he was like I can sleep anywhere, and he had this harness suit thing, and he'd go in into enemy territory, but he's like a like a lone wolf spy. So so if he got fucked up, like no one's coming to help him, and he he just harnessed himself under a bridge and just slept under the bridge, and like for some reason that just stuck with me so much, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I need to I need to be able to sleep under a bridge. I need to be content to sleep anywhere. Um. So so like when I go to somebody's house. All I legit need is like a human body sized corner. Best night of sleep I ever got was on on gravel. Um, but this attitude, you know, that extends to other things too. You know, if you don't let like he brought up that example of getting the penthouse and the gym and the office, you know, if you don't let your monthly expenses and, and what you need every month to be satisfied, if you don't let that grow, you have a lot more freedom. You know, you don't have to fund a life of 20 grand every month, you know, it, maybe your life costs two grand every month. And, you know, think of how much more freedom of your day-to-day activities that you could do if all you had to do is bring in two grand. You know, for me, it's just give me a handle of Canadian Mist, a gym membership, and some friends, and I'm pretty much good. For that, So that's the first thing I took away. The less you need, the more you have. Second is uh more related to the just keep improving and dude i again I, I think i learned things slow as fuck so um i got this new gun it was super awesome and it's an ar and i and it's so cool but um i had to clean it and like i've been putting it off and putting it off and finally i'm like okay and so i youtube it and then i'm out there at the gun range on the table like trying to fucking take it apart and clean it and it was just like a weird thing i had to jiggle it like i don't know but it took me fucking 35 minutes and i go in i go into my wife i'm like oh my god this took me so long and she just nicely says did you know that, that learning things slow is a sign of low iq and i'm just like okay thanks wife really helpful here but for me it's like when i when i like something I don't care how c- quickly I learn it. Uh, you know, I- I'm kind of just like, well, I guess this is part of my life now forever, even if I suck ass until I die. Um, it's like lifting, like the first weight workout I ever did, I was like, okay, cool. You know, no matter what I do in my life, I I am never going to quit this. You know, e- even if I was working on a moving crew and I had to bring a crock pot filled with chicken and rice and just like squat in front of it and eat it with my hands, dude, I'm gonna do it. It might be slow, but it would be better than quitting. You know, think about, think about how good you are at tying your shoes now, I mean, now imagine that you just decided you wanted to learn how to tie like 100 different knots and you just do it every single day. And after like four years, you're gonna be amazing at knots. After 12 years, you're, in the, be- you're the best in the world. Um, so I agree with Gucci. There's a lot to be said about the power of just not quitting, fuck. Next Gucciism: do what you got to do. Do what you've got to do every day when you get up even if it's tough even if you're like damn man i don't feel like doing this shit. if you say you're tough that you're bad and destroy here i think in this case bad means good um that you're resilient show me resilience you know he he says even if it's hey man it's gonna take me a year to repair the relationship with my parents i'm gonna start i'm gonna send a text i'm gonna write a letter do that shit. he says uh you know sometimes you gotta admit you're wrong On the other hand, you might have to curse somebody out that you took a liking to, but you've grown apart and you see where this is headed. Holy shit, Gucci Mane. See, this is why we're reading this book. Yes. He says, you have to know what you need to do and what you don't. When you start cutting out things that cause you stress and problems, you'll see the power that comes from focusing on what you gotta do, then doing it. Discipline. My interpretation. So, obviously, I mean... (laughs) I feel like i was on the discipline train before Jocko, but Jocko like branded the word discipline so i'm like a poser but like dude discipline is true you know i'm training for this ultra marathon i'm trying to get jacked as well i'm working i just went to the grocery store i came home i shot bows the dishes were out of control and it was like 5:45, and that was the last thing i had to do for the day and i walk in and dude, I almost felt like throwing up. I did not want to do the dishes so much. Like I hate the dishes. They're nasty. Like the the stuff in the sinks always goopy and fucking disgusting. And I'm a puker. So like if I if I smell it, I'll vomit. And like I know that I will do that. And like occasionally I'll like like take a little sniff to just confirm it's still nasty. And oh it's still nasty. But i I forced myself to do the dishes. And then the next morning I woke up and I was just like. Man, it's nice that the kitchen's clean. But that's what that discipline is. Now stack, you know, stack 30,000 of those moments together for 20 years, bitch you're going to be Gucci man. Next, Gucciism, find something to be. He says, "I was lucky. I knew I wanted to be a great artist, to be rich, to have financial freedom. But some people don't know what they want to be. You have to find something that you want to be, then go for it." And uh, once you find it, you have to go after it all the way. And he says, it's almost like signing an artist. Um, he says, You ain't got to tell me your cousin's dope. If he was dope, I would have known about him. So, what does that cousin have to do to get noticed? Well, he probably got to keep making music, he's got to put in the 10,000 hours. You know, Gucci says, If you want to be a master violinist, what do you have to do? Practice. Then compete with other people who practice like you practice. Then let them push you even harder. Then um, there's this there's this kind of weird aside where like sometimes he wants to save extra money so he doesn't even get a haircut. But whatever. Uh, but he says once you find something to be, dedicate yourself to it. Now, this is my interpretation. I this is I think this is really helpful um, because I don't I don't read this as like you need to know on day one exactly what you want to be but i think this is set a goal achieve the goal or at least move towards the goal recalibrate set a slightly different goal recalibrate set a slightly different goal recalibrate so like let's say you know you're in high school and you're like well i i like i you know i've gotten some exposure to to medicine you know my my uncle's a doctor. I've shadowed him a couple times and I like money. Um, Maybe I'll be a doctor. So then you start the path to being a doctor. Then you go to med school, you become a doctor. But then now you're at a choice where, you know, you don't have to just be a doctor. There's, you know, do you wanna open your own practice and, you know, almost move more to the business side of being a doctor? Or do you want to become a specialist? Do you wanna just only set up your life so that what your life Poops out to you is heart surgeries and you just show up every morning you don't talk to human beings you just do heart surgeries you come home and you're still rich as hell and as you're as you're going through each of those stages you you figure out what do you want to be set a new goal recalibrate um that's how i see it but again i am a mere baboon to gucci mains demigodhood next gucciism every day a chance to get better you only have today you only have this moment he says sometimes i have to remind myself of that because that's where opportunities come from right here right now when you decide to change your life you start visualizing everything you find a vision for your future self your fit body your new car um he talked to kevin gates world famous rapper um and kevin told him you know i always respected you and jeezy i assume young jeezy uh since back in the day for creating that trap shit Uh, i respect anyone who makes something about what they got what a good compliment holy shit kevin gates going in gucci man says if you take things one day at a time you're not going to look for that quick money that shortcut it's the grind it's the process that's important it's the same thing with being rich. You know, if I'm a new artist and you give me a million dollars, but I spent 200000 or 300000 even if I make another million in the next couple of years, if I'm bad and overspend in two to three years, it'll be gone. But Gucci says it doesn't have to be that way. You've got to have a plan. That plan has to be flexible. Um, you got to take it day by day because you can't, you know, you don't want to get too rigid and locked into a plan. And so, dude, I've got nothing to add every day is a chance to get better and hey man give me a million dollars and i will make sure it doesn't go away next gucciism look up look down then look around you've got to look at the big picture there's more than one way to skin the cat there's more than one option stop pause look at your life from every angle you can't make it in the nfl Go to another league, go to the Canadian league, start coaching, own the team, be the offensive coordinator, be the running back coach, start coaching high school, look up, look around, find a way. Basically, there is no excuse. Figure it out. Go to school online. It's okay if it's going to take you nine years to graduate. Do it. So then he, he rolls into, he says, everybody knows that person where they grew up that is still in the same hood doing the same thing. That shit's sad, man. People forget they can learn from anyone and everything. Lessons abound. When someone's ma- when someone makes a mistake, you can learn from that. Um, and I resonate with this. My first boss, right out of school, uh, actually like in an internship in school, it was the worst ever. Like to the point that this was when I still thought that I might be able to like you know be an MMA fighter. So I was ready to forsake all humanity if all jobs were like this. I mean if she was having a bad day everybody was having a bad day she had a lisp she had this little stupid fucking dog that was just like "Ah!" horrible or and i didn't know anyone but but i learned some great lessons like the biggest one being like i never want to do anything like this again and if i ever manage somebody i'm going to be really much nicer to them because you can learn anything from anybody he says you might have to work the job you don't like until you get something else You might have to work at the warehouse for three months to get out of jail so you can really start your business. You know, if you're not willing to do that, you're not willing to do anything. Um, He says McDonald's or a warehouse is a mild sacrifice if you think about it. Look up, look down, look around. You have to take inventory. What's working for you? What isn't? Who is good for you? What is good for you? And my interpretation is, you know, I I think this means play the long game. You know, you got to be making moves. You got to be setting yourself up, you know, for success in seven years from now or, you know, 16 months from now, uh, you know, you just, you just can't be living day by day. And you also can't get too locked into this goal of like, oh, I'm going to be in the NFL. It's like, okay, well, how about I broaden that? It's like, I'm going to be successful in the realm of sports entertainment. Like that's a lot broader goal. You just can't be living in the day by day got to look up got to look around make a plan go after it next Gucciism: embrace every challenge he says i got to where i'm at because of challenges challenges as an artist to his health his relationships every obstacle that he encountered he embraced he says here's something i don't know that everyone understands if you've got even one fan that's the beginning and you need that starting is the biggest challenge of all you're on your way. You're good. You're done. Now it's on you. Are you going to work? Embrace the challenge? Uh, He says, if I like an artist and they drop a tape right now and they have a small following, it's just simple math. If you drop another good project, man, you're going to have the same followers plus more. This is instructive. you know, but he says, don't think like, you know, it's a year later and like, oh shit, well, this one only did 30,000 and this one did 20. It just ain't working. He says, I don't give a damn. If I sold 5,000, if I sold 5 million, I'm still pushing out another album. Then he cites this song he made called Proud of You. And a lot of people liked it, apparently. And a couple, just a couple lyrics that I like from this song. Um, one is, I'm way richer than when I got out three years ago. Good job, Gucci Man. Uh, the next is, my pinky ring sunk the Titanic. Holy shit. That's a that's a big fucking ring. Extendo tucked this shit gigantic. But on that song, he got good responses from it. And he says, you know, don't run from that. Be happy you're doing well. He says, when you, when you put on an outfit, sometimes you want to say, damn, I'm fresh as hell. I'm not saying it to be cocky or arrogant. I don't exactly know what that means. But he says, now if I go and I tip my nose up like I'm doper than him, that's different. Uh, so enjoy the moments but remember that success breeds complacency Um, so he says when I look back at my life I see somebody who has had success and failure when I look back at my life I see somebody who has embraced every challenge so that's kind of like a little bit of a rambling Gucciism, but it's all good man no problem Um, I think this is the same idea as Jocko's good so when something bad happens good so uh, you know embrace the challenge but like even more than embrace the challenge. Like it's not even just, oh man, okay, some bad happened. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on a smile. It's like, no, this is actually good. So like outdoor practice got rained out. So all we can do is technique practice indoors. Good. We'll get some needed technique practice. You hurt your knee. Good. Now you can devote all your efforts to getting a more jacked upper body. Your biggest, your biggest deal fell through and you might not hit your sales numbers good you learned a great lesson about putting all your eggs in one basket you'll never make that mistake again I think that's what he's saying Uh, next Gucciism work in silence Uh, he says that's super super important it's also super relevant right now you need to do the work because it needs to be done not because you want to be seen doing it he says he's not always perfect sometimes he fucks off for a week but if he does he's like damn okay I just spent a whole week being off task then he gets back to the task in silence he says but it's, it's not even just about putting one foot in front of the other as you march ahead demand more out of yourself demand that you'll do it right so this is super relevant to me so the first is obviously just the doing it in silence thing like I, you know, I've been so dedicated to working out since I was 14. I just turned 30. Oh my God, the end is near, but that's 16 years. And I've posted on Facebook, like I've, I've posted pictures of myself working out basically never probably, but I posted about it like three times. But then there's some people who like fall off the path for years and then they come back on and, and then, you know, it's like, Post a bunch of shit on Facebook, and and then you know I always comment like I'll st- I, I'm still working out here too. I, I'll I'll be here for the next time you have quit and come back to it. Like part of me thinks that you should be working so hard that you're kind of embarrassed to tell people like, oh what'd you do this week? You're like well you know I sent 800 connection requests. I ran four times. I listed I lifted six times. I built a patio. I I, I read a whole book. I shot guns four times per week um you know like i i'm like embarrassed about how often i practice shooting my bow because you know my wife's like hmm why are you doing it so much and i'm like well i don't know like just so i think my whole interpretation of this whole thing is lean so hard into hard work that you know you're kind of embarrassed about how much you're doing how hard you're working and uh, do it in silence next is be resilient Uh, he says he's dealt with a lot of negative shit Um, when shit is going bad he says self-talk helps keep me productive and in a hyped state Uh, it got me out of the hole and hyped me up like a fighter he says when I'm up against the ropes I tell myself I'm gonna get through this Uh, he says resilience is about bending instead of breaking you need to focus and follow your passion even when nobody's around what are you doing when nobody's around You know, it's hard to wake up every day and do a job efficiently. And then on top of this, he's going to add on a hobby. And on top of this, he's going to add on another job. And on top of this, he's going to have a very long end game of doing something else. On top of this, he's going to have dedicated time where he's volunteering with the intention of building something. Um, Fuck. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, be resilient. I think, I think my, you know, I don't have too much to add with this. Like, I mean, I feel like you just, It's like when i hurt my back and it hurts so fucking bad but not even like oh it hurt like i burned my hand like it hurt like spiritually eroding my soul daily for years and you know hard to think about anything else like my personality changed like think about that like i you know i'd be at work looking at people and just angry but not angry at them but angry because my back fucking hurt and you know i had i finally just had to like ask myself I've, I've got two options one is i could just kill myself the other is you know this is a handicap it's like when someone's really good at golf and they play someone else in golf and the really good person has a handicap on them or something like that i don't fucking know about golf but um i just like well i've got two options i'm not gonna kill myself so i guess i just gotta just fucking deal with it so just this too shall pass be resilient i agree gucci man on to the next Gucciism everybody must be held accountable Uh, he says it's hard to look in the mirror and see the truth it's hard to judge yourself every day he critiques what he ate in his self-talk he's like damn man i could have done better (sighs) that sounded a little redneck he's like damn man i could have done better damn i was kind of undisciplined in all the things i said i was aggressive for no reason he says it's easy to brush it off but he's like Damn, I need to do better. Then tomorrow comes and he asks himself, did I do better? All these things, he says, it's, it's not easy to deal with them. You know, you can go through a whole day without having that conversation with yourself. Uh, but he tries to reflect. He tries to keep himself in check. He holds himself accountable. But he says he didn't start doing that until he was 33, the last time he was locked up. He said he made the transition from survival mode to thrive mode. And he says as i move forward i can trace whatever happens back to pivotal times in my life it's easy for me to tell when i was making good decisions and I, when i was making bad decisions uh, he says if you start in the mail room and you work your way up to vp and now you're the president you should demand shares you can own the company or be a partner in it or you can go to another company where you can make it happen there's always another step and um you know my, my interpretation is um you know everybody needs to be held accountable except for that fucking baby goat in the background everybody but the baby goat needs to be fucking held accountable um you know I, I worked at a company and i'm gonna change some of the details but so i'll just tell you guys a story hold on before of why the fuck there's a baby goat in the background so um we had a sick goat who was who was delivering a baby and the baby's legs was all fucked up and the mom died it was very sad and um now we are nursing the baby back to health and she's a bottle baby and uh she's living in a diaper in a laundry basket and she likes to fucking yell so that's what's that's what's fucking happening so just just accept it um but back to being accountable uh this this previous company that i worked at i'm gonna change a little bit the details but um you know i was like so dedicated and so ready, and just getting after it, and so you know I'd get there at like seven fifteen seven thirty you know get get you know what I felt like was a leisurely morning, like fifteen minutes, drink my coffee, wake up a little bit, and then just fucking just go and prospect and cold calling, trying to go sell some stuff, but the leaders in the company they'd show up late, you know they'd get there at like eight forty five then they'd they'd start bullshitting about football until like nine forty five Uh, Then they'd eat an early lunch. Then they'd quit at like three. And, you know, I'm over there fucking crushing myself. And, you know, these people are wondering, you know, why the company wasn't doing great. And it's like, well, (laughs) I have a couple ideas. So everybody needs to be held accountable. I agree, Gucci man. Carry on. Next, Gucciism. Self-discipline brings riches. Uh, He says, that's a rule I live by. You have to stay self-disciplined. You have to hold yourself accountable. He says one thing he values is a routine. It keeps me on track. But to hold yourself to a routine, you've got to stay disciplined. Arrange your day and your time to benefit where you're trying to go. Um, he doesn't exactly call like call it this, but he says you gotta have short-term goals and long-term goals, and then just kind of reiterates the concept of you know, be impatient with action, patient with results. So, you know, do all the fucking things you can do. to to win but then be patient with the results because you can't really predict the results all you can control is what you can control um so he says self-discipline is the key to unlocking everything you're trying to do you want to know how important it is the minute you let go of your discipline is the minute you give up on yourself holy shit now my interpretation Again, I'm just a fan. Um, I agree with the great Jocko, but I I was doing it before you, well, I was doing it before it was popular. Um, Discipline equals freedom. You know, if you have the discipline to uh, diet, you know, if if you have the discipline to eat a reduced caloric diet for 16 weeks, you have the freedom to look like a fucking alien. If you have the discipline to sit still for six hours, long, long after you're, dick balls and butthole have fallen asleep you have the freedom of being ready when the deer shows up and having 80 pounds of meat in your freezer You know, if you have the discipline to save your money you have the freedom to not worry about money discipline brings riches i agree again gucci man next gucciism self-awareness is a valuable weapon he says once you start purposely planting the seeds of greatness in your life they're going to start manifesting in all kinds of ways You have to be aware of what you're doing, the steps you're taking to improve your life, but nobody knows how the seed is going to sprout. But to give the seed the environment it needs to grow, you need to be self-aware. He says, this is with everything. You know, if you don't tend to your garden, it's gonna decay and turn fallow. Um, This also applies to your mind, your body, your spirit, your marriage, your business your brain your bank account if you keep taking stuff out and don't put anything away what's gonna happen dude so my interpretation um being able to accept feedback is like such a simple concept that is so hard to do but if you can do it it's actually magic and that's what he's saying you know being self-aware being aware enough to accept feedback like somebody gives you feedback well first of all you have to just exude the aura aura that you are okay enough with yourself that somebody can give you feedback because you know it's a touchy thing if you give like i've given people feedback like Hey, let me give you some feedback and they're like wanting to fucking fight me i'm like well i do want to fight you but like i just want to fight you for the love of the game uh you actually want to fight me because you're mad that i gave you feedback Um, but like you know when someone starts to give you feedback you feel that feeling that like that wriggling resistance like fuck you no but if you can just yell at yourself and and just tell yourself to shut up feedback is a miracle i mean think about how like a like a robot would learn something you know if they did something wrong and they got some feedback that's just like that's legit just an input they'd be like thank you for the input human being so we need to be self-aware Maybe I guess I'm gonna just agree with this whole book. I agree again, Gucci Mane. Next Gucciism: Choose your friends carefully. He says, uh, even when I was a kid, I started seeing that I was different. I had big dreams, and many of the people around me didn't. Watch who you choose as a friend. Um, this is Troy here. I've I've heard many times that you are the sum total of the five people you spend time with, or you know the the. Five people you associate with, you're the average of them. Um, and he's and Gucci Main says, you know, I could take you to Atlanta and you wouldn't even understand what the people are saying. You know, it's almost like they're talking a different language. But the crazy thing is, it's not proper English. and he says, I was thinking worldwide. They were thinking local. Now I totally understand this. Back in a in a previous house, I lived in Lebanon, Indiana. And we went to the Lebanon Menards, and it was rural as hell. And the, and my wife, she speaks farmer. She grew up on a horse farm. She fucking speaks farmer fluently. And we needed to get some two by fours or something. And that guy, like we, because obviously she was driving in her truck because she's so much tougher than me. But the guy was like, "Okay, now just uh, run back here and get some of them two by fours. And you know, pull back up here and me, you I'll know, pay." And I just was sitting there like looking at him dumbfounded, like, "What the fuck are you even saying, dude?" <laughs> like are we in the wrong line is this english and then my wife's just like okay thanks and she drives around she gets a two by four she comes back and she pays and i'm like how would you understand that person she's like what you didn't you don't understand that i got you gucci man there are some people who do not use proper english um then he he moves on to tell the story about how when he was on probation and um he wasn't allowed to be around felons for a year And the crazy thing is imagine if you're on probation and you're not allowed to be around felons for a year, but all your friends are felons. He says, I didn't always keep the right company. But after this, I started to choose my friends more carefully. I didn't want the wrong people getting in my ear, in my mind. I wanted the people who were giving me advice to be the right ones. And I feel like I've always been kind of lucky here. Um, You know, I've always had a lot of friends, like friends are great. All my friends are so awesome. But personally, I'd rather be alone than hang out with people I hate or like people who are a bad influence. Like I I joined a fraternity um, in college, but I had had resolved um, to immediately quit and or fight everyone in the house at once in a wild Green Street hooligan style brawl willing to die if they were going to paddle me um, you know because you think about those hazing stories like thank you sir May I have another I was like hell no i'm i will I will fucking quit immediately if that shit happens and it ended up my fraternity was awesome and you know never hazed anyone but I would have quit but um, you know I always come back to the question do do samurai really need friends? obviously not i mean they have their sword so you know anything above no friends and just owning a sword is a win so choose your people carefully i agree gucci man onward avoid lazy and miserable people a lazy and miserable mindset leads to a lazy and miserable life look at whatever you're procrastinating on work exercise taxes cleaning studying reading you can be like i know i need to do this but i'm gonna act like i don't or he says you can be like damn it i know my health is failing me but fuck it i'm gonna still keep eating unhealthy that's lazy thinking i guess i guess both of those are examples of what you don't want to do um don't think like that so you know my, my my interpretation is um there's a there's a person I know that is always, and it's not my wife, don't worry. A uh, person I know that's always negative or like many times negative and just always has horrible things to say about everything, everybody, including themselves. And I was in the room with them and they were talking. And I don't know if you guys like Harry Potter, but the Dementors, when, you know, Harry's sitting next to the Dementors and the Dementors are just like sucking his fucking soul out. Um, That's what it was like being next to this person. And I was like really excited to watch this movie that we were all going to watch, but I left the room and I went and I laid in the bed by myself and read a book on my phone because, you know, I'd rather be doing that than be around this fucking Dementor. And so avoid lazy and miserable people. I agree, Gucci man. On to the next one. Haters were gonna say you were cloned. When he got out of prison in 2016, he says, the public couldn't believe their eyes. They said I was cloned. A lot of people thought Gucci wasn't gonna hold course. They were wrong. He says, here's what I live by. Don't overeat, get good good amount of rest, stay in an even temperament have a good routine do everything you've got to do to earn money know that working on your mind and your body is not a hobby or pastime it is as important as anything you do so i will admit my naivete on this word cloned i don't know i mean i know what cloned means in a sense that like there'd be two people but i don't know uh i i think we can get kind of get the message but um man the haters are gonna say that we're cloned that's a goal that we can all subscribe for next gucciism if you don't know the old me you don't really know me uh he says i am who i am now because i was who i was then he says, if you don't know the Gucci from Bessemer, Alabama, who was trapping at the Texaco, who is locked up again and again, who persevered to create something unique, something great, then you don't really understand the Gucci you see today. And I think it's hard to expect people to understand the old you when they just meet you, but it's totally true. I mean, dude, growing up, I, you know, we moved around a lot. So I was the new kid all the time. So I got really good at making friends, but I also kind of like assumed everybody I met was just gonna be replaced by another person. Um, Then I started playing soccer. I was kind of bad at soccer. Then I found Taekwondo and I was really good at that. And I realized the connection of like practice and I can get better, holy fuck. And then I just tripled down on that. I started wrestling, I did MMA, I played rugby. Then I had this horrible back injury and now I'm reborn as just like a normal person, I guess. But like, if you don't know me from the past, you don't really know me. I agree, Gucci. On to the next one. Uh, He says, you've got to protect yourself at all times seriously mentally physically spiritually financially there are bad actors not everyone has your interests in mind now this is troy here i i agree i still remember the guy his name was ferris um right out of college i i didn't really understand enough about debt that i thought debt was so horrible and it is bad like you probably shouldn't have too much debt but i cleared out all of my worldly cash And I bought almost the world's shittiest car. But I thought it was like kind of just like cosmetically shitty but reliable. But this this guy who owned the dealership was a snake. Like, Like by the definition of snake. Like snaky car salesman. That's what this guy was. And he kept being like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm like, well, that's a fucking weird thing to say, man. Like we were just talking, but I guess I do. And I was so naive and I bought the car. And it had been driven through wet concrete. And it was so it was so fucking horrible. And then like a year later, it blew up. And like the timing belt ripped off because it hadn't had any maintenance done to it. And the whole engine blew up. And um so now when someone says, Do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm like, Well, up until you said that, I was kind of considering it, but I have a I have a personal life rule now that if you say do you trust me, the answer is no. Uh, but yeah, man, there's there's bad actors out there, and I don't want I didn't want to admit it, but it's true. Uh, Gucci man says, when somebody asks me how did you make so many albums, I say I went to the studio, I put the time in, I recorded the beats, I networked with a lot of producers, I invested in studio equipment, I rented space to record, I kept up the bills, I ran a business, I rapped on a bunch of different beats from a bunch of different people. It wasn't simple; it was a challenge, and I did it for years and years so mathematically it was just 1 plus 1 equals 2. could you do it could it be done again 100 percent so um you know my, my interpretation of this you know just you got to protect yourself at all times it's just like there's so actually how the name i think i've talked about this maybe but how, how my name curiously disagreeable came about was there's a personality profile the big five which is like the most well-respected personality profile out there or one of them that'll tell you like what your personality traits are and agreeableness is a good thing in many times because you know you're nice and you're helpful and stuff but like you can be taken someone can take you take you for a loop and if you're too agreeable now i came came out and they were like you're a horrible person you're so disagreeable and i'm like oh helpful i got it but um after realizing that like my wife had to get a little bit more disagreeable because the world just was throwing bad actors her way so you got to protect yourself at all times next gucciism lead by example people always ask him why he doesn't speak at schools or kiss babies he says some people love doing that I have a different way that I'm gonna give back. This is my way of doing it. Sharing my wisdom in this book and making some money too. I teach through my actions every day. And I think this is exactly right. You know, my boss, she goes hard in the fucking paint and uh, she sometimes asks us to do shitty, horrible things. And it's like, well, I don't wanna do this. But but when you, when you look up, she's assigned herself the assignments that are like 70 times shittier and she feels horrible that she asked you to do that that's leading by example next gucciism nobody cares work harder um apparently some quarterback lamar jackson said this first um i heard it from the famous bow hunter cameron haynes but um, he says i find myself saying it in my head all the time i always go back to it but it can't really give you any solace Because you've got to work hard. That's what it is. It doesn't matter if you're sore. You're tired. Nobody cares. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. Even if you do well, do good, do the right thing, you might not get a reward. Sometimes you'll be like, damn, I did everything I was supposed to do and I pushed myself. Damn, I'm tired. I'm barely getting by. Stop trying to get sympathy. Nobody cares. It's a hard life. Nobody cares. Work harder my interpretation. So, this is a super good reminder. Um, you know, this is like you're patting yourself on the back and you're all excited, but but reality is like, "Shut up, bitch. It's Oh, that's cool. You worked out hard. Nobody cares. I can find 15 people right now on Instagram who are more jacked, smarter, richer, better. Don't even drink alcohol. You drink alcohol dumbass and more dedicated than you. Nobody cares. Work harder." next gucciism don't be lazy Uh, when everybody tells you that you've done something good it can make you kind of lazy it's easy to say okay that was good Uh, no matter how much you accomplish don't be lazy laziness is the beginning of your end my interpretation um dude yes so there's even this this world famous rap song by the esteemed composer t grizzly he says uh, I can do this shit with no effort. And there's this allure of accomplishing something with no effort, you know? T. Grizzly sings about it. In the music video, he pulls he pulls like $100,000 out of his pants at the end and then walks away and shows everyone his $100,000 from, from his pants. But in reality, sometimes it actually takes insane effort. Laziness is not a virtue. Um, now, obviously, it, you know, it's kind of like you're sparring somebody. You don't want to broadcast when you're getting hit or that you're tired. So like, you know, you don't want to broadcast that you're working so fucking hard, Um, you know, because people are like, wow, damn, man, he works really hard, but he's pretty shitty still. Uh, You don't want that. But if your starting point is I'm going to fucking crush myself into the center of the earth, that's a good place to start. Um, Because as I'm just going to quote him every podcast, I think, but as esteemed and now deceased Motivational fitness guru Greg Plitt said, um, "Good enough is never good enough until the final hour when all the chips are on the line, and you don't know. So don't be lazy." Next, Gucciism. When they sleep, I'm grinding. Uh, he says people are content sleeping and only planning for today, while I'm planning for the end, for the long game. In that equation, I'm gonna win. Now he tells this kind of weird story where he's like he he says that there's power in working when others aren't um you know he he goes on a plane and he he holds the line so hard that he doesn't even he doesn't even drink cranberry juice on the plane he only drinks water he says i get on a plane i come with a book i sit down i get comfortable reading the book because i already came in the zone he's not saying he needs to get in the zone He came in the zone. This is how he was built. He says, I am about focus and getting things done. So when people are distracted, sleeping, not getting things done, that's when I'm grinding. Now, my interpretation here is, you know, we heard one of his life rules, which was get enough rest. So I don't think he's explicitly saying don't sleep. I I see this as he's saying get enough sleep, but it's like, you know, you you go to bed at 11 on a Friday, and you sleep till 8 30 you know that's like nine and a half hours of sleep no matter how big your sleep debt is you're good so get up at eight thirty and start hammering you know don't sleep but don't sleep till 11 get up cry make coffee when they sleep he's grinding next gucciism whatever it is do it now he says as soon as i wake up i say do it now that's the first first thing i say to myself Instead of worrying about what time things are because he's got appointments and all these things he has to do every day, he's like, "Do it now." Okay, so my interpretation. So, I told like the very shitty abridged kind of like details change story of my horrible internship uh, with with a horrible boss with a lift. Um, But when I was up there, I was in Minnesota, first time having an apartment, first time having. You know, paying bills, doing like cooking my own food, having a job, all that shit, Uh, cleaning my apartment. Um, And so I was up there and I'd work and it was a horrible internship. So anytime I was not working, I felt like cleaning was wasting my entire life. And I got into this cycle where like doing laundry became this this weight over my head where i just fucking didn't want to do it because it's like that's two hours that's wasting my damn life um but then i learned uh, about forcing your corpse and sometimes you just have to fucking force yourself to do it because it's like you know what you can't be a thousand percent productive at all times and you're actually not a thousand percent productive at all times dumbass. like you're watching professional wrestling right now on tv okay force your corpse clean it'll be okay if there's something to do do it now next gucciism stay ready when opportunity comes knocking grab it you've got to be ready to parlay your ventures so i think that's a that's a super good quick little statement but um i am listening to the audiobook about cornelius vanderbilt who I think I probably actually would've been friends with him in real life. He was this uncouth, like common sailor man who just was like, he's described as just a creature of the market, a capitalistic transactional creature. And um, he also would like punch people for sitting in his seat. And he was always described as like extremely muscular. And um, so he, but everything he did, you know he ran this little sailboat then he bought his own steamship then he bought multiple steamships then he parlayed that into being in the railroad business and each time he was building he was building this experience so like he didn't know what the next opportunity was going to be but he knew that by mastering successfully running the steamship business when the railroad business came along he was above and beyond the the logical choice next Gucciism. He says, I can make something out of nothing. He grew up in Bessemer, Alabama. In 2019, that's, that was rated the worst place in Alabama to live in. He says, I made a lot out of zero. It's super important to not let your environment define you. I always think about what I can do to move myself forwards, to advance myself. Whatever it is, I'm going to be patient and I'm going to continuously go for it. I can dedicate myself to it. I can overcome adversity by patience, by putting in my 10,000 hours. Even when those 10,000 hours get really hard and I've got to work a part-time job to continue mastering my vocation. That means calling legit. He says you don't really you don't really need anything to make something happen. All you need is you. Make something. And, you know, this this makes me think of like, you know, man, I need to move out to Silicon Valley to start a company or man, if, if only I could train with team alpha male or the Donaher death squad, I could be really, really good at martial arts. Um, oh man. If, if only I lived closer to downtown, I could do X. He says, work with what you got, you know? Okay, cool. I'm going to set some constraints. Like that's a big thing I learned from Tim Ferriss, setting constraints on yourself. Like for me, I try to only work eight hours a day. Sometimes I'll work nine hours, but like I am not one of those people who broadcast my dedication by working twelve hours, like quote unquote, working twelve hours a day when you're really like working six and fucking off and just putting a lot of time on your timesheet. Um, you know, so I set a constraint as I'm going to work from seven thirty to four thirty. That's all, and um, no matter how crazy it gets. I'm gonna just, those are the hours I'm gonna work. And like once a year, twice a year, I've gotta shift that. But you know, if you set the constraint, like you say, okay, I have to be successful in my current state, in my current situation. I'm not living to Los Angeles, I'm not, I'm you know, with my current situation, I have to be successful. How are we gonna do that? Well, Gucci would say we need to make something out of nothing, I agree, next Gucciism. He says, whatever you're thinking, think bigger. Imagine your life today, tomorrow, 10 years from now do you want to have a gold single why not a platinum album do you want to have a barber shop why not a national chain you want to be a doctor why not the surgeon general whatever you see multiply it whatever it is think bigger um my interpretation i i think that's a useful mental tool you know like make sure you're aiming high enough it's like that silly scene in Austin Powers where he's been frozen forever. He comes back and he's like, uh this Dr. Evil fucking frozen. I don't remember, but he he says, "I'm going to ask for 1 million dollars." And everyone's like, "Okay, you got it. Here you go." He's like, "Wait, wait, wait. wait. 1 billion dollars." So, just make sure you're setting your goals high enough. Um you got to be careful though cuz like if you set a goal of the only way I'm gonna be successful is if I am the Surgeon General. That's like sounds like you're signing yourself up for a pretty unhappy life, but um, the principle here is good. I accept Gucci. Not 100% on board, but I pretty much agree. Onward to the next one. I'm cut from a different cloth, he says. Oh, that's the title. He says, that that mantra steers me. It's, It's a general mindset that has allowed him to blossom. If I could only sell 5,000 copies of one of my projects, I was going to parlay that so I could get the most out of it. He says, Look at somebody like Tech Nine. Very good rapper. Uh, He was like, Whatever it is that I got, I'm going to make the most out of it. If I have to go independent and just sell merch and go on the road, that's the vehicle I'm going to use. So he's talking for Tech Nine. I think Tech Nine didn't like do big record labels and did it on his own, but I don't exactly know. Um, He says, Those types of artists always adapt. Gucci's dad told him, no, you don't have to be dumb to be street. You can be street, you can be vicious, you can be rough, you can be tough, you can be cool, but at the same time, you need to know how to act. You need to know how to read the menu when we go out. If you can't, that isn't funny. So, I don't know, it's a little bit rambling, but I I read this as like, we can be successful in business, in fitness, in life. And still be knuckle dragon baboons. You know, we don't have to become the clone of every everybody's stereotypical idea of what a successful business person is. Like, think of Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like this forty five year old guy who wears hats and says the f word to kids, uh, but he's really successful. Um, it's also like like pool. So um, back in the day, I got obsessed with pool, and I did not really realize, but pool and etiquette is very tied together. Um, but who who says I have to respect etiquette? So my friend and I got super fucking good uh, at, at pool, like so good that we went to a pool hall every day for like three months. We played every day for a year. Uh, you know, I was watching pool on YouTube for fun. You know, I could I could go games without missing shots. Uh, you know, I was 40% better than any person in my fraternity. But we played by we played by street rules, nuts, butts, dicks on the table. Like if someone's taking the, the highest pressure eight ball shot, anything goes. You know, my friend mooned me. And then we we go to you know, we go to uh we go to pool halls, and we were better than everybody, but we had massive disrespect for the etiquette. And I think that's what he's saying. You know, you can be cut from a different cloth and still be successful. But I don't fucking know. Um, next Gucciism. Prepare yourself to be successful. When you are prepared, you work in silence. You've got this earnest, true confidence, and you're not being fake. You're attracting success with your preparedness. And he says, a partner of mine would always say that the better conditioned athlete will win. He was a 50-year-old bodyguard, and he used to beat up all the young boys playing basketball. They weren't in shape. Yeah, they might be young, but they were smoking blunts and drinking lean, which I believe is Sprite and Codeine. Correct me, Gucci, if, if, if I'm wrong, but sounds delicious. Um, he says, you're either going to be Mike Tyson, who's trained and ready, or you're going to be the guy who's scared because he's because know- he knows his opponent trained harder. He says when he was a little boy he used to be jealous of the dope boys in the hood their mom and dad would let them sell dope and he's like damn i've got to hide my stash from my mom this is giving them an unfair advantage uh back then in his mind he was livid he was like man these dudes have a cakewalk you know some of their brothers dealt drugs Maybe their dads or moms were hustling. He didn't have any plugs, which I believe means um, suppliers of the illegal drugs. Uh, he had to get the work and break it down himself. And um, I, I think the lesson here is hard work. Prepare first, success second. You've got to make a way. So my interpretation on this is uh, when I was a financial advisor, like I, I really wanted tactical advice from my boss on how to go out and find clients right now and as i've distanced myself from that job some of that advice is starting to be better i think but he'd always give me cryptic comments like you need to become the person that successful people want to invest money with and i'm like Bitch, that's so fucking unhelpful. What do you mean? Become the person that successful people want to invest money with? But after listening to Naval's "How to Get Rich" tweet storm, that has then been made into a podcast, required listening for anyone. Um, I think he, I think he's talking about. Um, there's a couple different times of types of luck, but you know, you want to be the person. You want to be like Vanderbilt, Cornelius Vanderbilt. You know, you want to be the person who. Has built that deep, real, true transportation experience by running six steamships, and then you know you parlay those business principles into a railroad, and it's basically the same. And then, boom, you're in. You prepare first, and then success second. And like for me, um, you know, I, I did Toastmasters. Now I'm doing this podcast. Uh, you know, maybe this podcast is successful, but maybe getting really good at book reviews and you know telling stories—I you know, don't know—like maybe that turns into something else. But you know, that preparation that started five years ago with starting Toastmasters um, and it's allowed me to level up when necessary. So I don't know where it's going to go, but I feel like just being prepared is a is a net positive. This podcast is sponsored by Canadian Whiskey. Oh yeah, next Gucciism. Relax, but don't get comfortable. And that's basically all I put in there. But uh, my interpretation of that is that recovery is important. So I have come to this same conclusion as well. Um, Long ago, I started a company with my best friend. um, And at the same time, I was training for an MMA fight. And I was lifting five times a week swimming four times a week uh like so hard i had an out-of-body experience that i talked about on fucking one of these podcasts um but then after a month of doing that i went right into three times a day of mma training and i was tired all the time like super gut like deep in my soul tired but i would just you know i'd get to the gym earlier and i just warm up more and you know i just told myself like you're being a pussy but then i bit my tongue and it got worse, and then it got worse, and got more infected, then my gums got fucked up. Like, uh, like picture a werewolf with, with meth mouth, but instead of black stuff in their teeth, like is characteristically uh, thought of as a werewolf, is it's blood on the gums. Um, I got trench mouth. I didn't eat for 12 days. Um, like, I, I destroyed my immune system. I got so overtrained. I drank muscle milk and blended up sweet potatoes. And, um, that was what taught me that recovery is important because like hmm actually turns out i was just i was not just being a pussy i actually got systemically overtrained. so now you know i take lighter weeks every four to eight weeks i just you know i relax but i don't get comfortable i agree gucci onward to the next one i don't do things for fun he says this is something his daddy used to say He says, if you think about it, it's real. I said to him one time, let's play cards for fun. So he showed me how to play for a dime, maybe a dollar, and he taught him for like a month. But when it was over, Gucci was like, give me my money back. And uh, Gucci says, now this was about the same time that his dad said, you quit when you win. If I don't quit when I win, when am I gonna quit? So I said, dad, let's just play for fun. I know how to play now, so let's just play for fun. And he said, I don't do things for fun we need to gamble or not do it because last time I did something for fun I had a son holy shit that's fucking cold-blooded um so like I kind of agree with that Gucci Mane but uh two main points I see here first is if you're gonna do something at least try to improve try to get better like i have this friend who used to be really into working out and now he's just he's just trying to be healthy he just told me like you know i don't want to be big anymore i just i just want to be healthy oh i'm so healthy and um so i always ask him like hey man you're looking healthy and he just like looks at me and then just doesn't even start because he knows i'm fucking right. Like, no, we don't wanna wanna just work out to be healthy. We wanna be fucking Jack. Um, you know, it's like I was I was taking an intro to woodworking class, and um, I think there, you know, there's two ways you could do that class. We even though yes, we're just making this little bullshit cutting board, I can either just be here, do the class, not really pay attention, or I can learn. I can either do it for fun or I can learn. Gucci Man's dad would say, Don't do it for fun learn now i will say that this can there's there's a there's a sharp edge to this that doesn't always work and um you know my wife and i cannot play backgammon together because you know i was playing by the rules but she started talking shit to me and i'm like hey listen up woman like don't talk shit to me i seriously i will fucking destroy you and then I start playing real ruthlessly and she's like you're not even playing to win and then we had to actually stop playing backgammon. so um sometimes you should maybe try to do some stuff for fun but mostly don't do things for fun I agree Gucci next learn to compartmentalize now when he says compartmentalize um he says you know he has, has to have different compartments for himself like his body his marriage his family his business his you know his rap um i'm not sure if compartmentalization is the right word you know um killer killer's compartmentalized too it's like oh yeah i love my girlfriend but i also killed this hooker like i think he means be scheduled and make sure that each compartment like each bucket of your life is given enough focus but uh, i'm mostly on board gucci me. now closing it up my favorite gucciism of them all fuck everybody stack your bread now people are like damn gucci how'd you get this deal how'd you do this how in the world do you do this and he says i just keep fucking going i keep fucking going i keep stacking i handle everything every day everything i did last year i still got nobody else has it he says ultimately it's going to come to a point where what do you have what do you have in your war chest scalps he's like i gotta get my war chest up everybody else is all over the place so guess what that's my compounding interest that's my advantage he says he says before twitter before this book i was in the dark doing it life isn't about one moment it's about a series of them do your best to make the most of those moments so you're prepared for the next one keep stacking that's it whatever it is at the end of the day fuck everybody keep stacking now my interpretation of this what else is there i mean this section feels like it was written actually by the dragon smog himself ultimately it's up to you no one else is on this path and if your path is stacking that fucking bread then sometimes you're going to be stacking that fucking bread alone, but that's okay. Because do samurai really need friends? Now he moves on to a next section about his wife. And, uh, it's very nice, very heartfelt. Um, I'm skipping it. I, I do have a friend who we went to a three day metal concert and he, he was just running around. It was the friend who shit on my dog. Yeah. Um, so after he's done shitting on my dog, uh, then he he wore this dirty lab coat that he stole from a job. So it was like an industrial strength, waterproof, super nice fucking lab coat. And he got all these girls to sign it. And he would go up to women. And he'd be like, "I need a wife. I need a wife." And they're like, "Who are you?" And then his pickup line was, "I escaped from a psych ward. Will you be my wife?" And it was very unsuccessful. Um, so looks like Gucci Mane was more successful than my friend maybe he can uh, give him some advice now closing it up two last Gucciisms. I'm blessed and grateful he says I wrote that when I was coming back from Dubai at the top of 2020 pop smoke had just passed I think that's a rapper I don't know Kobe had just passed the coronavirus was breaking out going throughout all parts of the world I sat and I looked at who I was this life that I had I'm blessed and grateful. I still got my health. I got my wife. I got a job I'm still doing. I work hard for it. He says, work hard on yourself always. But don't forget to stop. Enjoy. Appreciate. And be grateful for what you've achieved and where you're at. You know, my, my interpretation is, um, you know, I've got a couple life rules. Like the first, my biggest life rule I learned from the movie Master of Disguise is just niceness so just like be really nice to everybody that seems like a good rule um one of my other rules is don't take shit from assholes um but one of the things that i've thought about because i don't always do this well is remember the moments you know it's it's easy to get fucking heads down for weeks you know hunting stacking that fucking bread and then you just you wake up and the seasons have changed now you can't stop the seasons changing but you can enjoy them take a second stop look at the sunset drink some whiskey with your best friends and walk amongst the spirits of your ancestors remember the moments and the last gucciism in this here wonderful book is if you keep looking back you'll trip going forwards and that's basically all that he had you know i think about this a lot and um I feel a fair amount of nostalgia for all parts of my past life. Like, dude, MMA training, training mixed martial arts, training Taekwondo, training wrestling, you know, martial arts was the most fun thing ever. Like, imagine you're going to learn, like you have German class, okay? I love German class, German class was super cool, but you, and you, you gotta go learn vocabulary, you gotta learn grammar, all that stuff. But imagine now, if you could take German, from the German class, you could go into math class and you could kick everybody's ass with your German. But it, that's that's what it's fucking like. It was great. And for like six years after I hurt my back, I don't even know, maybe like eight years, like only recently have I even started watching fights again. Cause like I watch them and I just like, like I just, just get so fucking nostalgic and you know, like sweaty and pumped up and so focused and like trying to analyze everything and you know then everybody else is like oh hey man did you see that guy with a paint with the paint on his face in the crowd like, no um you know i had great times in college i rugby was the most fun ever you know i was in a fraternity metal thursdays you know we had we had um we were very pretended to be very classy. we had wine and swing dancing on thursdays so my good friend and i like legitimately just a two-person party many times Um, we got the got the industrial strength speakers and we blasted metal in the room next to the the wine and swing dance and we ruined the event and uh, it was amazing um but you know you you can't you, you can't live in the past you can't be too nostalgic you have to move forwards if you keep looking back you'll trip going forwards and Uh, My tattoo artist is super cool. Uh, I don't even I don't even care to know if she has a real name. Uh, Her her name is Patter Tats. Check her out on Instagram. The best ever. Um, But we were talking as I was like being a whiny baby and in so much fucking pain, and um, she was telling me about how she was she used to be um, like worked worked in the corporate world for like ten years, and she actually she was an art major and actually had a tattoo apprenticeship. Offer right out of school, but she didn't take it. She's like, "Well, you know, that doesn't seem practical." But then, after like I don't know, ten years of you know working in the corporate world, she's like, "Wait a fucking second! I am gonna just go do tattoos." And now she's like the best in the world, and is like actually gonna be the best tattoo artist in Indianapolis in the next ten years. Seriously, for real. Um, but she was telling me that, and you know, I feel similarly. Like you know, I spent two and a half, three years wearing suits. Like, did I waste two and a half years of my life wearing suits, you know, thinking like, you know, maybe, maybe I can rehab my back well enough and I can at least do light jujitsu. And, and I think, you know, the, the answer to this is, is best contained in this, in this lyric for this metal song that I like and says, all, all of this made me who I am now. So, you know, all of this, it's not a waste. All of this made me who I am now. So we look back we we feel it we're nostalgic we like it all i wish we could go back and have another winter term like me too but don't look back too much or you'll trip going forwards i agree gucci (sighs) man well holy shit what a book and i'm sitting here feeling similar to how i did after the book of five rings you know i don't i don't understand everything in this book like what is bread What does cloned mean? Why does he have an ice cream cone tattooed on his face? But I do know one thing. We've touched greatness on this episode. Not a typical type of greatness associated with, you know, tweed jacket wearing professors, businessmen wearing collars, or a typical author we cover. But greatness learned in the fucking streets, honed in a place harder than the agoghi prison, and pressure tested in the real world, in the world of rap music, but also real life, social media marketing, TV, and books. So I'll leave you with a thought. We always say we can learn lessons from everyone. You know, people people throw out, oh, you know, I'll, I'll learn lessons from anyone. You know, if I'll, I'll take an idea from the janitor, if the janitor has good ideas, but then, then they pass by the janitor and they don't even give them a second thought you know they have someone come out to their house to do work and they're a total asshole but if we really believe that statement that we can learn something from anybody we know that once you see the way in one thing you see the way in all things so buy this book become a kuse mono, like our favorite ancient japanese translator alexander bennett would say and remember fuck everybody and stack that fucking bread thank you thank you very much and that, my pretties, is another episode down of the Curiously Disagreeable podcast. Check us out at CuriouslyDisagreeable.com, the Troy Hollings on Instagram, or wherever the fuck you get your podcasts. The end.